This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. Joining you tonight in the studio, it's Ian here. Nemi. And Mark. And we invite you over to our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Of course, plenty of stuff on the table to be discussed tonight. You may take control and bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind this evening have you ever heard of uh, a grinder grinder's a sub sandwich grinder yes grinder is typically considered that's kind of the the new england uh slang for sub sandwich it's the new england local colloquialism yeah i think it's uh, colloquialism it's not a it's slang really i mean isn't a submarine sandwich a also slang, slang to- yeah uh, the, what's slang? Slang's exactly. not really accurate. You're right, uh, but it's the New England uh, colloquialism for submarine sandwich, which yeah. you know there are different names for these things all around uh, the place. They call milkshakes fraps or frappes or something. No, like McDonald's that. calls them frappes, and they're they're dumb. Well, what do they? What do you call a milkshake here? A frap. A frap, of course. Yeah, like, well, I call it. it a milkshake too. You've never heard of a frap before you came to New Hampshire? No, no, no. Nah, I never heard of grinder either. I would contend. Really? Yeah. What do you call them in Florida? Sub sandwich. Yeah. Hoagie, okay. have a milkshake with your sub sandwich. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I brought some sandwich show prep in for for this evening too. Well, actually, ahead. this story is about Subway and Grinder, but not in the same way that you might be thinking. Uh, this is from New York CBS News reporting that victims want uh, and lawmakers want Subway Grinders labeled as sex offenders. According to CBS uh, New York, victims say the punishment for so-called subway grinding does not fit the crime. The lewd act involves rubbing up against unassuming commuters. And now local lawmakers are demanding stronger penalties for convicted grinders. Mary Beth Coodle of the Upper West Side says she still can't shake what happened to her on the subway years ago. She says, it was very embarrassing for me, but I said, excuse me, I just want everyone in the car to know this gentleman was just rubbing up against me. Why didn't she say that by pounding the crap out of him? <laughs> well, not everybody feels comfortable doing that. I think she. I think it's good that she, she spoke up for herself in that circumstance. Kudal, pregnant at the time, was a victim of a subway grinder. That's what police call strap hangers who strap onto a stranger, usually pin them against seats or a big crowd, and rub against them. Oh my. Now, this is uh, reminds me of the stories that you might hear out of Japan where they have the gropers on the subway who will, uh, you know, they'll be on a packed train and they can just, you know, grab a pinch here and there and a handful uh, and kind of sneak a hand in and pull it back without anybody being able to identify who the uh, offending Assailant party was. was. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it sounds like groping taken to uh, the next level here. Well, groping, yeah, I mean... You know, I don't think you can grind too easily without it being known who, who you That's are. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's a little bit more uh, next level I mean, I'm not saying that uh, a crotch has never touched a, a butt on a subway by accident, but I, you know, I mean, I'm a little disturbed by this. Go ahead. Uh, that's disgusting. That's gross, said Eva <laughs> Ressa of the Lower East Side. What's even more shocking? A Bronx man recently convicted of doing it to three young women, even ejaculating on them. You've did not to be get, kidding me. Did not get prison time because of a 2008 ruling from the New York's highest court. A 29-year-old man was charged with forcible compulsion after he grinded on a teenage girl. But the Court of Appeals ruled the man did not use force. What? So the charge was downgraded from first-degree sex abuse to a misdemeanor, setting a precedent that women say is just not right. No, that's not right. 
Kudal said even though he's not using force in a conventional sense, it is a forceful act of abuse against women. City it County. sounds like uh, false imprisonment to me if, you're, if you've trapped somebody in a location. The judges are wrong. According to Councilman Peter Vallone Jr., he wants to put the violators on a sex offenders list. He says they're up in an ivory tower. They're not a 14-year-old girl pinned in a train having this happen to her. But we shouldn't rely on them. Albany needs to write a law to fit this crime. Or lift the gun ban. I, I, don't, I don't know. This is just terrible. Well, you know, it sounds pretty bad, and uh, you know, we weren't there, so we don't know exactly what transpired, but it kind of is disturbing to me the idea that all somebody has to claim is you rubbed up against them, and then now you're a sex offender? Well, I don't Dude, think... Dude, if you ejaculated on somebody well, obviously that's, in a subway... That's pretty unusual there. I mean, there you've got some evidence, right? Like, that's not going to go away. It's my okay, so... Um, in this circumstance, I mean, obviously, there's a you know, there's there's a standard by which to which they have to to reach, and you know, the simple complaint of the victim shouldn't be sufficient. I mean, if they trap them against people, there should be witnesses. There should be some witnesses. If they're holding right. them in place by grabbing their arms, there should be witnesses. If they've got them jammed up in a corner, then why don't we have cameras? On these uh, sub, I mean, you know, it should be obvious if it's an empty subway uh, cart and there's, uh, you know, there's a one or two people sleeping on it or something like that, that somebody has somebody jammed up in a corner and is mm-hmm. rubbing on them. Right. I mean, why aren't there cameras on the subway if that's the case? Um, so I think that this is pretty obvious. It, it should be pretty obvious if the accusations made whether or not it's spurious. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody who makes a spurious accusation should face the penalty for the accusation that they've made. They were accusing. I would agree. I agree with that. So uh, last year, state Senate passed a measure that would make grinding a felony for repeated offenders, but the assembly struck it down. The bill's sponsors plan to try again this year. So I'm surprised that hasn't uh, made it through. I mean, it just seems very strange. That's a, I mean, <laughs> the, the little lawyers in the state capitals love coming up with new laws where they can get after bad people. And I don't know. I mean, I can't claim to, to know the specifics on this, but it seems like this would be like this is an it seems like this is an obvious felony to me it's a it's an assault a definitely i don't i don't yeah, if somebody's holding me down holding you down but if you're in the if you're in a crowd of people and they're just rubbing up against you i mean that's that's what they're generally considering grinding here what do you mean generally uh well the loot act involves rubbing up against unassuming commuters so it's you know it's a little bit more obvious than somebody who's just grabbing a uh, you know somebody's butt on the they need they have there, there has to be a standard uh, you know as far as I'm concerned it, if somebody's rubbing up against you like you know getting jostled up against you in a way that you don't like them being jostled up against you you say excuse me to the person next to you and you move you know mm-hmm. you move away from that person that well, seems absolutely. obvious but that doesn't sound like it should be a felony to me I mean it could but if somebody grabs a, you by both your arms holds you in the corner right. of a subway. Uh, train and hunches on you yeah that sounds like that sounds like a felony or at least a well i would agree with you that would be like kidnapping as you suggested well it's not uh, kidnapping kidnapping means you move them from one place to another it's what it is is false imprisonment false imprisonment that's what that would sound like to me in which case you wouldn't need another law uh, in that particular incident, apparently they do. I mean, if you can hold three young women against their will and ejaculate on them and get a misdemeanor for it What's that telling well, you? Well, I don't know where you got the idea that someone was being held down. This story doesn't. Oh, excuse me. There is a. There is one lady that says someone was pinned, but in the other examples, it doesn't say that any force was being used. 
So it's just some pervy dude coming up. You're standing close together with everybody else. It's, you know, packed time on the subway in New York City. And some pervy dude comes up and just pushes his crotch up against you. So in that circumstance, what do you think should be done? I think it's weird and uncomfortable, but it could be an accident. What if which they move why, What if you, when you move away, they move after you? They follow you. Yeah, one could claim that would be like stalking or something like that. I mean, at that point, uh, that's that's why I like the tiger light at tiger.freetalklive.com. You're going to fire that off in a subway? I might just full of people. If somebody's if some that's, some pervy I'm, person is yeah. uh, is rubbing up against me, I don't think that's really. You don't want me with a tiger light in my hand. That does not sound like a good idea, Mark. You might end up being charged with reckless endangerment. I, or something I, I, like I might that. aim it at somebody and uh, tell people that they better get a hold of this dude. So you're going to threaten people with your tiger light to do your bidding? Is that what you're suggesting here? Yeah, I'm going to uh, make you're the accusations. About you're talking about the equivalent of pepper spray. That's here. what it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a really bad idea to fire pepper spray off in a crowded area wherein you are going to harm innocent people. So if somebody follows you, what do you think you should do? Uh, well, that's I, you're talking about following you on the train or yeah. following you off like the you train? Like you move away from a, the pervy guy who uh, you know, likes being jostled you up against you. You should say something. Speak out like the, the one lady did. Odds are good there's going to be some good people on that train who are going to help and, and that's intervene. All in that's all way. I'm saying is speak out. And then, well, and you know, then whip out pepper spray and spray a whole crowd. I'm not sure no, that's spray right really, away, but you, uh, you know. I, I would pound the guy myself. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-3733. It's weird. It seems it's creepy for sure. I don't think it should be a felony to just, you know, accidentally rub up against somebody. Not it's the accident. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want toll-free 855-450-FREE. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we will share with you there. They include our listening options. Live streams are there. Broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the program. You can tune in to anyone that fits best for your internet connection speed. All free over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can learn about our over 110 radio stations on AM and FM across the country that air the show at various times throughout the week. XM Satellite Radio and uh, other satellite listening option uh, that is free to air. You get uh, both of those, and XM airs us all seven nights. You can get the details on that over at listen.freetalklive.com and other ways to listen as well. Go to listen dot freetalklive.com free talk lives brought to you by sacl cai yeah sacl cai is the company that handles accounts receivable 
Uh, one of the principals over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty and and a big supporter of Free Talk Live. And so if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, try SACL CAI. Their banner is on the right-hand side of the page at freetalklive.com at the very top of the page. It's SACL CAI. All right. So toll-free number here again, 855-450-FREE. We've been talking about grinding on the subway. Uh, it's uh, new news to me. I, I hadn't seen uh, this, you know, since last, last time I saw anything like this was in Japan, where they've got a groping problem. It's a pretty serious issue there with a lot of ladies being groped. Uh, it probably happens to some guys, too, but mostly female victims uh, being groped by pervs on a crowded subway train. Now, in New York City, they're saying that uh, the pervs there are doing what's called grinding, and that is they are, uh, without consent, going up to a lady and grinding themselves on the lady, presumably pushing their genitalia regions up against them in an inappropriate manner uh, that is not an accident. And now people are saying that this needs to be turned into a felony, uh, that, it, that it needs to be some sort of a, a criminal act. And I can understand that, you know, if somebody violates you sexually, that's definitely not cool. Uh, But on the other hand, you are on a crowded train. And for all you know, the person, you know, fell into you. And that's one of the reasons why these guys do it, right, is because there's always that claim that it was a mistake. Plausible deniability. I I didn't mean to. uh, You know, somebody bumped into me or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm with Mark on this. I think there's a distinct difference between someone, you know, gen, just general jostling and someone grinding up on you. I guess it would depend on how long the grinding lasts. Sure. So I don't know. Like I said, I have no experience with this. I've never been on a subway train and seen this happen or had it happen. Uh, so I guess we we would need to know more from a victim as to how long the incident of the, the grind was. If it was a fraction of a second or if it went on for you know more than a second, I think that would be a big factor in whether or not it was intentional. Uh, or not. Yeah, I would think that, you know, first, when you realize that this is happening for yourself, that the first obligation is to, uh, for the, the victim, uh, to move away. And if the person comes, uh, sort of follows yeah. them and then does it again, then I think that what you have is some kind of sexual assault going on there. I don't, I don't even, I think before I move away, I'm going to say something. Say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be Bring loud. To it. And absolutely, if, if it continues, I'm, I'm probably not going to move away. Well, I don't know. Um, you know, so if if it's if I'm not certain as to why the person is doing this, like if, if, if it's a crowded train or something like that, I'll, you know, just excuse me. I'm going to move away and that kind of that's what I would do in that circumstance. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't I mean, I wouldn't want to draw attention to myself if I thought it was if I was unsure whether it was uh, it was a mistake or not. That would be my concern. So since we're talking about uh, sexual issues, there was a story in the Keen Sentinel, uh, actually, recently, according to sentinelsource.com, which actually they lifted from CNN News Service. Now, you want to talk about a study of the obvious. Yeah, I saw that. I saw this, too. Uh, as though you needed to do a study to find this out. If your adolescent is sexting, they may already be sexually active and engaging in risky behavior, a new study suggests. There you go. Yep. Shocking, huh, parents? Sexting is uh, not an alternative to real-world sexual behavior among adolescents, according to the study published in the Journal of Pediatrics. The same teens who are engaging in digital sex risk-taking through sexting are also the same teens that are engaging in sex risk with... Hold on. 
What's the risk of taking a picture of yourself besides you know, the government charging you with child pornography? Um, well, it, could be right. on, it could be on the internets for uh, time memoriam, and uh, you could be very popular, and then that would cause you some level of embarrassment. Do you really think so? Like, you know, something you do when you're yes. 15 yes. Yes. is somehow it's going possible. to reflect yes, negatively on you as, as you yes. know, somebody who is in their 20s or 30s? You yes. know, if you become one of these internet memes, yeah. I mean, what about the, you know, there's, there's, there's people, there's popular internet memes out there, which mm-hmm. are these pictures that people will add words to. And yes. I remember there's this one of this guy with the, you know, memes are more than that, but those, that's a good example. Okay. There's a guy with his, uh, with, with his hat cocked to the sideways and it was, uh, it was yeah, scumbag Bur- Steve, scumbag Steve, uh, the Burberry hat. Yeah. And this guy has his own blog now, the real, scumbag, the real one, the real scumbag Steve. <laughs> and then his name is something, it's not Steve, right? Yeah. It's not, it's certainly not scumbag. And he's just. You know, talking about what his experience is like being this kind of anti-hero on the internet uh-huh. because the scumbag Steve gets you know uh, all kinds of things written uh, about him. You know, goes to te- goes to high school parties, hits on young girls, or something like They're that. They're funny. Be, the scumbag be, Steves yeah, are pretty funny. They'll be pretty written funny. about him, and this guy hasn't done anything like that. So has this changed his life? You're absolutely right. This picture of this guy trying to look cool with his you know dumb hat co- cocked in a dumb fashion. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what. It, so that has affected his life. Do, do I think a picture of you with your, uh, you know, bottoms off, uh, you know, floating in a, uh, you know, <laughs> pool with a big rubber ducky? I don't know what you're doing, but do I think that that could? You look at some weird porn, Mark. <laughs> no, look. Okay, so what you're giving as an example here doesn't uh, qualify for this discussion because scumbag Steve. In that photo, it doesn't seem like it was taken that long ago. Like you know, he hasn't gotten i think he was an adult it looked like when that was taken yes uh and it was just a picture it's not like scumbag steve was naked or anything like that there's nothing uh there's no shortage of people taking photos of themselves or video of themselves and posting them online so the idea that some girl taking a picture of herself in her bathroom mirror or whatever is somehow going to Project her to internet uh, memedom is very, very unlikely. I understand, but it just all it matters is, is for one, uh, what's going to be like if you're trying to be a politician? You don't think that that's going to be have an effect? Again, it just all depends, I guess, on whether or not anyone cares about this. Right? Do you think that anybody cares whether Barack Obama would. participated in gay porn or not? Barack Obama smoked a bunch of pot back in the day, and he's still uh, there. The ain't no video of, of it. If there There's, was video of it, it might change the story. Right, I would agree with Mark. You can definitely make mistakes as a kid that affect you for the rest of your life. And when I grew up, we didn't. I mean, we had computers, but the internet was still in its real infancy and mm-hmm. hadn't been mainstream. I can't imagine it, what how it would affect how it would affect some people that I know if pictures that had been taken on 35 millimeter film had been scanned in and posted on Facebook and and gone viral it certainly can and that stuff never goes away ever and I don't know. I, I, I don't envy kids growing up today. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. A naked picture would just be one more naked picture among the throng of naked pictures on the internet. There's no shortage of them. Your naked picture ain't that special. It's not going to stand out. I, no I would, gonna, no I, it's gonna it's not that special and you're, unless you're that special. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So you can take control Ian's advocating not being of special. the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends. It's an election year and everybody wants you to vote for someone. 
I'm your verbal surgeon here to remind you to always vote for yourself first because you are an amazing individual of incredible talent and great skill. We need you to make this country a better place. Vote for yourself and vote for VerbalSurgery.com to help you do that, baby. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want toll-free. 855-450-FREE at the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place where you can go and get interactive, create the content of the site. The items you see as you scroll down the page were all put there by listeners just like you. You can vote them up or down as you like or dislike them. And when you go to the website and log in, don't forget to click the Upcoming Stories page so you can see the freshest content on the site as submitted by listeners just like you. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Join more than a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business or create a will or a living trust or even register a trademark. They're empowering and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. Got all kinds of legal documents there, all the common ones that uh, you're used to. I went and did my will over there at LegalZoom.com, and it was fast and easy. You can use coupon code FTL to save $10 on your order. It's LegalZoom.com, coupon code FTL. All right, so I take it back about Scumbag Steve. I went to the real... the real scumbag steve.tumblr.com uh during the break there just to take a look and i thought he was an adult when it was taken not true he uh, said he was 15 16 uh, but you know he's got facial hair so it threw me off uh but he, he does look kind of young now that I'd, i've seen the uh, the picture again and he is now 21 according to his blog and he says that uh let's see here that you know he kind of addresses what happened with the photo he's already a dad uh family first he says <laughs> like five times i don't uh he says i don't judge i'm a liberal i believe in free speech until it hurts and i also believe in live and let live he says here that i have a good sense of self and i know who i am blake boston a tight mother f isn't he like half a rapper or something like that? There's some, he certainly comes across. There's a that. rap video of him like not rapping, somebody else rapping with him with or him something like around. that. Yeah. I've seen that, yeah. yeah. And that was you know, interesting. So in Scumbag Steve's case, uh, this – or Blake – in his case, uh, this is probably something that happened to him that was good to some extent, right? Like it uh, increased well, his renown. Uh, I don't know. It, You'd have to ask him whether or not he thought it was a good thing. Okay. Well, he's certainly capitalizing off of it uh, by utilizing, you know, the fame that it created for to him. To do what? To bring people to his blog, I would guess. And that does what? I don't know. He's scumbag Steve, man. I mean, he... <laughs> we I, were talking originally about the idea of sexting, though, and uh, whether or not having a picture taken of yourself at a teen as a teenager because sexting tends to be like a teenage thing i mean maybe adult adults probably do it too but nobody's talking about that uh nobody cares teenagers taking pictures of themselves naked is bad adults taking 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 pictures of themselves perfectly uh, fine naked is boring yeah so <laughs> the suggestion the suggestion was that if you take a picture of yourself naked as a teenager, that it's somehow going to come back to haunt you. And I don't believe it. Uh, I'd like to hear what you think about that, though. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, if, if I were looking to hire somebody for a job interview, went and Googled their name and found a picture of them naked, uh, it wouldn't make me think anything bad about them. Well, yeah, but, you, but how many people have you hired? 
None. I don't hire None. anybody. Right. That's exactly right. You've never hired anybody. And, and you're not the typical employer type right. either. Employers are the most conservative people around. And by conservative, I don't mean they're going to vote for Mitt Romney. What I mean is, is they don't need any extra bullcrap in their life that might affect their business poorly. I had an employer who... One of their employees uh, posed for one of these sort of Maxim girl next door things. This isn't porn. This is just her in her drawer. Sure. And uh, they they were all upset about that once Ridiculous. they found out about it. Well, that, that's your opinion. Because running a radio show, if, uh, you know, we had, if, if I decide to, to run for Maxim's girl next door and pose in my lacy frillies, then that's only going to be good <laughs> for your show. And you can you not do that on a Wednesday night, please? <laughs> you, you can only benefit from that, so you would want me to do such a thing. You don't know what it's like to run another business, and you don't need your competitors or whomever else, uh, you know, making making hay with uh, your bad press. Let's go to Sam. He's on the line in Oklahoma. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nemi and Mark. Hi guys, how you doing? Hey Sam, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, you were talking about this comeback, Stephen, is uh, kind of coincidental. Me and a buddy of mine were talking about how uh, about that kind of same thing and if he's actually a scumbag in real life and found a blog. And it seems like he's a pretty decent guy. But um, what I wanted to comment on was actually from uh, Sunday's uh, podcast. I'm kind of behind and uh, noticed you you guys were talking about um, red light cameras and kind of the danger that they pose and there's cameras, watching cameras and that kind of thing. Yes, that was on Sunday, and apparently in Maryland, uh, just outside of uh, of Washington D.C., a community has uh, had trouble with vandalism of their red light cameras. So they're putting up cameras to watch the red light cameras <laughs> to make sure that they're not getting vandalized improperly or something. Right. Well, um, it kind of reminded me of uh, just the red light cameras and how you know they cause so many problems. Additionally, but. Uh, I um I spent some time living in the Netherlands and there was a couple cities um that kind of did an experiment where they got rid of all traffic signs. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Um yep. yeah. they Yeah, okay, yeah. Well they removed all speed limit signs, they took up the paint from the you know, there weren't dotted lines on the road, there weren't just street lights, um speed limits, any of that. And uh the theory was that all these things around us actually distract us while we're driving and that you know, if you remove that, people will drive kind of as comfortable as they feel like, and uh, you're more aware of what's around you because you're not just, you know, looking at signs and going off of that. And, um, I, you know, I think things ended up working out pretty well, if I remember the article correctly, but I just thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, supposedly all these things that are put around us are to keep us safe, and that's kind of an argument that a lot of people use for why we need government is, you know, oh, the roads, and it's, you know, if they weren't doing it, you know, what else would happen? And this is kind of an innovation that uh, happened in Europe that, you know, seemed to be working out pretty well. Yeah, you know, I think that this is, um, you know, I think that humans need government, but uh, I think that uh, the state is an old model of governance, and I think that we can probably move on to something different. But, um, you know, I think that this is true when it comes to driving is is that, you know, in the same way that if you use your GPS device, suddenly you forget how to drive. 
Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've paid attention to my GPS and ignored the signs on the road. Hmm. And this is sort of the same thing that it comes with the signs is I'll bet that to some extent you abdicate your responsibilities with driving the car. I was on a road last night. I was not on the show last night. I was uh, coming home from uh, fire department training and uh, it was pouring down rain and I was on a road that has no markings on it, uh, just sort of a back little backwoods road. And I went was going between 15 and 25 miles an hour the whole time because I just couldn't see much of anything with the way the rain was coming down and there was no markings on the road. So I didn't know exactly where I was. So I was, as a result, going slower than I might have been going if there had been markings on the road. If I can recall, if I'm remembering correctly, the article I had written, I had read was about an intersection in the UK that had some 80, 85, 90 signs in it, and they took it all down, and there were, there were no accidents. Hmm. It was a successful experiment, and I, I would love to see that. I mean, there were plenty of times. I would like to know, in this city here, how many stop signs we have, because there are so many that are just completely pointless. There are at least six in, in the, just around the studio alone. Mm-hmm. Around my house, it's, it's insane. You just People will roll California stop. It, well, and, and, and in California, they've actually instituted stop signs with cameras now. So now they have these reven- oh revenue-generating stop signs with the intention <laughs> that you need to make a full rock back stop at every stop Ridiculous. sign and you know this is just absolutely ludicrous most signage money. most it's, of these places yeah. just need yield signs that's right yeah but they, it's all about money not I mean, about safety or keeping traffic flowing right i mean you know how many how much time how much energy because huge. coming to a full complete stop a costs huge waste of energy more waste uh, of gas yeah, fuel. waste on your brakes so how much more does it cost in order to do this and how many people you know really cause terrible accidents at you know the the low speeds that one might cause an a- cause an accident at a stop sign yeah i mean what's what is the what's the cost benefit analysis here sam thanks for sharing uh, your thoughts on that it's it's definitely interesting studies that they've done and uh, they, they, they've always been successful in my as my understanding of then of course yeah. there are other countries where they just don't have the money uh the infrastructure to do those things and it's a free-for-all and things are fine there's neat video online of just kind of the natural order that comes out of a an unlighted intersection thanks for the call man 855-450-FREE that's the SACL CAI toll-free line you can bring up what you want road safety sexting whatever's on your mind Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there. And if you enjoy the program, 
Well, you can support the show by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. There are different vendors there, but the primary one is Amazon. And when you go to shop.freetalklive.com, you'll be able to access links to Amazons across the world. We've got Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, and of course, Amazon US. You just click into the right Amazon for you and then get your shopping taken care of. You're going to get the same great Amazon deals, selection, service that you're used to, the free Super Saver shipping. Uh, All of that's there. It's the same Amazon. You're just going through our affiliate link. So Amazon knows to send us a portion of the purchase price for sending them the business. So you're going to do your shopping online anyway, and you might have used Amazon because they've got great prices. So uh, go through shop.freetalklive.com. Please take the extra moment to do it. Yeah, it just takes a quick moment. Shop.freetalklive.com. And if you want to, if you want to save yourself that step, when you go to shop.freetalklive.com and then you click into the Amazon of your preference, depending on which country uh, in which you live, uh, you then can bookmark that. So as soon as you get to Amazon, that landing, as soon as you land at Amazon through shop.freetalklive.com, you just bookmark that link and then just go back to your bookmarks. Save you the extra step. But as, long as, as long as it's got that Free Talk Live code up in there, uh, you'll be good to go. And uh, so if, you, if you're going through shop.freetalklive.com, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'd ask the question uh, online, is it is a nude pic you took as a teenager really going to have any effect on your life as an adult? And according to some of the responses on Facebook, Dominic says, sure, if you get thrown in a cage and labeled a sex offender, which unfortunately is a very real possibility Indeed. for teenagers today. Now, I'm, su- I'm suggesting that it's not the end of the world. If you take, you know, if there's a nude picture that gets out there, you made a, made a mistake at age 15, you took a picture of yourself in the bathroom mirror, sent it to your boyfriend or girlfriend, and, uh, you know, they kept it, they spread it around, it ends up going viral at your school for, uh, you know, a few weeks. It's probably going to be a lot tougher on your life in that few weeks after the, uh, the picture leaks out to all your friends. Uh, at the school would you than agree it would that, likely when you're 30 years old trying to get a job somewhere and someone finds you. I mean, Would who, you agree that it makes the chances of you being, say, hired to the seat, uh, you know, to a senatorial seat more difficult? Maybe, but I like the, uh, the joke that The Onion put out recently, uh, their skit about how uh, nobody is qualified for president anymore due to Facebook. I got gotcha. you. That's true. It's, yeah. it's That's funny. That's true. Nothing goes away. And we're still in the growing into this this phase. I mean, and I would agree with you that the vast majority of, of naked pictures on the Internet really don't have any long-term effect on the person except what exists in their mind, which is, by the way, a big effect. In the, well, in the same way that, uh, you know, as a teenage boy, if you went and destroyed some property or something, because teenage boys do that sort of thing. It doesn't have the cases. same stigma. Well, it's, it's worse if you destroy someone's uh, property. No, not to but- you it is. Well, you're actually hurting somebody. Uh, yeah, to doing you it damage. is. I'm telling you from a societal standpoint that a naked picture is probably worse uh, than, than well, people hitting need somebody's to get mailbox over here's, with a base. Here's the See, point this I'm is what it's make. about. For you, it's about the ideology. Yes. For you, it's about, here's I don't point. want it to be bad that it's, be, uh, that it's, it's naked. Not bad. I just deal in the real world. No, it's not bad. And here's the point. There are so many people who are doing it now, eventually it's going to have to come to the point where it won't matter. So everybody get naked, put naked pictures on the internet so that the next person doesn't have to deal with the trouble? I'm just telling you that's where things are going because it's so common these days. Until then, kids, keep your pants on when the cameras are around. 
well, it's it's very common uh, these days uh, for young people to be doing this sort of thing. There's a little bit more information here from the Pew Research Center. A 2009 report found some teens view sexting as a safer alternative to real sexual activity. It Though, probably in the real world is safer. You don't have a chance of catching a venereal disease of some sort. While the term sexting may also include messages sent over the Internet, this particular study looked solely at cell phone text messages and images. Naked it was pictures. conducted via questionnaire in the L.A. United School Unified School District. So I wouldn't say this is exactly a U.S. government, or excuse me, a, a, st- a U.S.-wide study here. It's just L.A. Uh, so I think that's interesting. You can get a lot of students in one place. Uh, it was conducted, uh, surveyed 1,839 students aged 12 to 18 at random. It's a large in-tab. Most were Latino or African-American. Three-quarters of those surveyed had cell phones. Teens who reported sexting were seven times more likely to be sexually active than their peers who did not sext. Well, that seems pretty clear. Right. That's This is the uh, the, the study that has found the obvious. If they're willing but, to take a picture of it, they're willing to give it away. Yeah, but, no doubt. What they're not giving, the information they're not giving is how many of these young uh, people are actually engaging in sexting. Because I suspect it's a fairly large amount of them. Uh, it's it's a way that kids kids can do it now. There's there's no problem before. It's not like it's not like teenagers wouldn't have done this 20 years ago. It's just that you would have had to take the pictures to some store and they'd have to be developed. Well, so it we wouldn't had, have worked. We had Polaroids 20 years ago. And yeah, good they, point. When they, you know they we certainly did take pictures and we certainly did pass them around. Right, but in that case, all you can do is pass the Polaroid around. That that the Polaroid can only be right. In it one cannot be duplicated at uh, at it, any given time. And, we'll, and cannot be, you know, because the person who has the Polaroid considers the Polaroid valuable, so therefore they can't hand it to somebody else who could then use the Polaroid right. for whatever, you know, so yeah. So, so now you take a picture for your boyfriend, he decides to share it with his buddies, and before the school day's over, everybody's got it. Yeah. And that is, uh, you know, that's By just way, how it is. By the way, that guy wasn't your boyfriend. Well, Exactly. Uh, which brings us to the next story, which is definitely a related piece. This, uh, this one coming out of the seacoast in New Hampshire, Portsmouth. A 14-year-old was arrested on Wednesday on felony charges, alleging yeah. the filming of minors having sex and distribution of the video. The minor self-reported to the police station on Wednesday at 5.34 p.m. and was booked on four charges. Conspiracy to commit, possession of child sexual abuse images, distribution of child sexual abuse images, and manufacture of child sexual abuse images. See, I thought, I thought this had already been resolved because if I'm, if, if this is the same story I heard about, it's of his girlfriend. Uh, police Captain Corey McDonald said last month that a video showing two local juveniles having sex was filmed by a third juvenile, and the incident would lead to prosecution through the city's confidential juvenile court. The video was taken in a common area of a private building and showed two minors engaged in a sex act. The juvenile who took the video emailed it to another minor, and after that was emailed several more times, he said. The youths involved, uh, with one exception, attend Portsmouth Middle School, Whoa. according to the police captain. Um, okay, so yeah, things like that weren't going on in my middle school that I know of. Um, I went to a junior high, which probably uh, you know says something. The did they know that they were? I mean, they were in a common area, which says to me a living room. Mm-hmm. Um, did they know that they were being videotaped, or what was going on there? Uh, that's not made clear here, but I mean, you've got. It's probably the case. That they Do, were they there were just three people there, or were there more people in the room that we know of? That's not made clear. Okay. Yeah, I mean, these are interesting questions to be had, because if 
you know, if, you know, somebody, if for whatever reason people start doing it in front of you in a living room and you kind of slide the camera out and do something, Mm -hmm. it's kind of tacky to do that. Right. It's not felony tacky. It's just tacky tacky. (laughs) Well, it is a felony if they're under the age of 18. I got you. But I don't think that when the lawmakers wrote the law that they were imagining that minors would be filming minors. No, they did not. uh, Well, you don't know what they thought, but I don't imagine that that's what they thought. It was written to protect children. The idea was that this was going to protect children from, you know, lecherous men. What are the uh, ages of these individuals? They're middle well, schools. We only, middle know, schoolers, we only know the 14-year-old who's been charged with the felonies. Yeah, yeah I mean, so in New Hampshire, others... a 16-year-old is able to have sex, but you have to be 18 to be to do it on film. So that's, that's yes. kind of interesting. Yeah, that's how it is in a lot of places. So, I don't know. Very weird stuff. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't made clear as to whether or not the other people involved here were charged with anything, because it, it may not have been, you know, I don't know what all the, the rules are as far as, we know that the age of consent for sexual activity is 16 in New Hampshire, but there are probably different rules for people who are both under the age of 16. So, like, if it's a 15-year-old and a 15-year-old, that may also be legal. I thought, I see, I thought that we had been through this a few years ago, um, that there was something with the uh, difference between ages of the people involved. Right, there's, a, there's right. an age range. So, like, right. if you're 15 and 15, you're probably not, there's probably no right. crime there. But if you're 15 and 16, then the 16-year-old is you know, charged with a, a right. felony. statutory kind of rape. rape. Which, of course, is ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. And uh, 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Back to the uh, the story here, though. The youths, or this is the police chief, McDonald, said police were faced with a dilemma in terms of dealing with the case. Yeah, they could do uh, the right thing and leave these kids alone, or they could ruin this child's uh, t- young man's life. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that they would, um, you know, do this. But he explained that the film is defined by law as child pornography because it shows images of children engaged in sex. However, he said because the case would be prosecuted through the confidential juvenile court, there's no possibility of the court's finding resulting in jail time. So uh, he's lucky there. He's getting felony charges, but isn't going to have uh, jail time. No, but he'll have that sex offender. He'll have sex offender and felony. It's a uh, life sentence. More coming up. Hour two's next. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. All right, 855 rock and roll music's rocking, isn't it? They are just cranking it out. (laughs) It has to stop at some point. It will. The intro beds are made extra long, though, in most cases, just in case some sort of technical difficulty prevents the board operator from 
uh, from hearing us. For all I know, he's not there right now. I, I get that impression. I have no way of uh, controlling that. <laughs> so, uh, let's just enjoy. <laughs> what is this? God, what is this? Mr. Bungle? What is I Mr. Think? Bungle? Who's it by? I, I think it's Mr. Bungle. I think that's the name Mr. of the band. Mr. Bungle by Mr. Bungle? I don't, I don't even uh, remember how I found it. So, but it's in our music beds. Yeah. You love that long-haired devil music, there don't you? Goes. All right. So uh, we're going to go to the phones here. But for those of you just tuning in, we'll bring you up to speed. There's There was a news story, which how it ended up being a news story, I don't know. I just think anything that has the the term sexting in it uh, <laughs> it's, is a whenever news story. It says, whenever it says sexting, it gets into the paper. It was like the most obvious story you could possibly imagine. The most obvious study. Somebody somebody got a grant for this apparently. <laughs> yeah, amazingly, to, uh, to study Captain Obvious teenagers ages uh, twelve to eighteen to study teens and whether or not they are sexting and if they are sexting, whether or not they are sexually active. And what do you know? Apparently, there's a a strong correlation between uh, sexting and being sexually active. That is the shocker, isn't it? Yeah. I'm stunned. Uh, So there's that that story which led into a conversation about, uh, you know, the general idea of sexting and whether or not, you know, taking a picture of yourself naked as a teenager is going to some in some way haunt you uh, for the rest of your life, which is, of course, what the uh, adult figures in these folks, young folks lives would have them believe. And I think that that might have been true. If it happened, you know, a couple decades ago and somehow that picture was still out there and somehow someone was able to find it, it's I I don't even know how likely that would be. But today, it's even less likely that somebody's going to find it, even though it's more likely that uh, it'll be out there because there's just so many pictures. There are so many nude pictures of uh, young people online that uh, there's no shortage of them. And, you know, most of them don't have a name attached to them. So how are you going to know it's somebody who doesn't look like you? What if, what if somebody who looks like you takes a picture of themselves naked and that, uh, that makes it online? Many of the great people in uh, this country and probably around the world come from sort of ordinary means. And those are the people we're talking about here. Um, even if you come from extraordinary means, I wouldn't uh, suggest that this is a particularly good idea but extraordinary you know people of extraordinary means are much more likely to end up in extraordinary positions and i'm only saying that these pictures can affect you if you're looking to be in an extraordinary individual if you're looking to be ordinary expect that this will not be a that big of a problem all i'm saying is this is ordinary i mean there i I think that taking pictures this is the new ordinary yeah no i don't think it is I don't right. think it's. Well, let's go to Jason and see what he thinks. Jason's in Nebraska. You're on Free Talk Live. Maybe there's some teenagers out there that can shed some light on this subject. Because from what I understand, there are probably a number of these things floating around any given school. Everybody's been a teenager. Yeah. Jason? Um, hi, this is Jason from Arkansas. And um, I started, I, I've never really done the sexting thing that much. Um, it does happen. Um, I know a lot of people that I just got out of college, and a lot of people in college did it. And I know that their friends in high school did it. And I know I started being sexually active at age 11. Whoa. And I can just imagine if we were teenagers, like with those cameras, that probably would have, we probably would have been sending pictures around of each other like that. So hang on. Didn't you just say that there are a bunch of people in college who are doing it who were also doing it in high school? Yes. Okay. So then what kind of percentages do you think? Like how many people are, are doing this? I mean, admittedly, like I was, a big partier in college, so I don't know what the percentage is. A lot of my friends did it. I'd say at least half of them have done it, if not more. I mean, half of them confessed to doing it. I and don't this know is as college students, 
as adults, they're doing it. Yeah, but I mean, they were doing it in high school. Right. It's not like they I can't imagine college. it's terribly uncommon. Aren't they worried about their career? I mean, if we were to believe what the critics are saying that you know their careers are possibly on the line here, is this is this something that could damage them? You think? I mean, it depends on what you're talking about going into. If you're wanting to run for political office, then obviously something like that would be awful. But if you're just like wanting to be a manager at a restaurant or an accounting firm or something, I can't imagine it would be all that damaging. And engineers and computer scientists, they would think it was funny. So. I just can't imagine that they would care. Yeah, I can't imagine that it... um, Also, there's different types of these pictures. It's one thing to have a full body picture where somebody can see your face. It's Mm -hmm. another thing just to take a picture of your junk and send it on. Right, or whatever from the the neck down or something. Whatever it is. Um, In those cases, you know, I mean, you've got plausible deniability, and I don't think that anybody's going to, you know, anybody's going to say anything about anything there. No doubt. Any other thoughts you want to share, Jason? Um, yes, there's actually, I was planning to call in tonight because this is the only night that I have off. <laughs> and I listen to the podcast when I'm out driving for my job. Um, I was calling because I'm thinking about moving to New Hampshire early next year. And I wanted to ask a couple of questions. First sure. of all, would moving there in January or February just be the worst idea ever because of all the snow yes. and ice and stuff? It's yes. generally not uh, a good idea, but you're coming from Nebraska, so I imagine it's Arkansas. cold enough. Uh, no, it says well, Nebraska. I'm from Arkansas. Oh, I, I apologize. N-E Arkansas. I should read all the way on my call screening uh, software. So, yeah, you don't really have to deal with the whole snow thing very often in uh, Not as Arkansas, much. right? No. And so, um, you know, I was, so when when would be the best time to move for someone like me? And then also... Spring? Uh, what, where Mark, are you... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was also going to say, I've been reading the reports by, like, Mark Faber and other things, and they're calling for recession in 2013. And I just wonder, like, would be, would it be a good idea to move um, if you think a recession is going to happen next year? I mean, is New Hampshire a little more recession-proof than other states? Yes. Is it- yeah, that would be my yes, contention. It is. We, uh, New Hampshire has done um, – I, I don't have any uh, anything to cite specifically off the top of my head to you, but New Hampshire has consistently done well – um, in the jobs market, all through um, the last probably ten years, it's it has been the very... lowest unemployment in the Northeast, right? And one of the lowest in the the whole country. Now, my question to you, following up on your question about moving, where are you planning on moving? Manchester. Okay, Manchester. So, I, I would say an a, apartment? a an apartment or a house. How much stuff are you bringing? Not much. Okay, uh, then I would will fit in my car. Okay, then I, I would say then come in January. Yeah, for sure. If you're moving a house up here, you don't want to be dealing with snow and weather, right? Because you don't want to slip going and, up the right. driveway. No, or, nothing. Or ice, ice is not fun. But moving, moving big things on ice is not fun. But if you have a car full of stuff, bring it. Just come on up. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I live out in a the rural only- area, and if you've got to move snow around and things like that to live your life, that's one thing. But if you're moving into a place to where the, city. the yeah, to the city where they're going to have moved snow out of your way already, I don't think it's going to be that big of a di- I would an think issue. The only concern would be the wardrobe issue, uh, and it, you're going to have to spend if you don't already have some warm clothes, you're going to have to outlay some cash for that. And if I don't, you should be moving with money in savings. But if you want to have time to build up some cash and you know get 
you know the winter deals on uh, the after. You might actually deals. do a little better in January because most people have their They've winter gear by, by yeah. then. So I mean, you're moving out of season at that point, so you can get, you might uh, get the warm end of clothes. Sales. Yeah, you can get to warm clothes on uh, at a discount. Whereas if you moved right. in April and then you watch your warm clothes in the fall, mm-hmm. then you're going to pay full boat. Now, tips for you for Manchester, since you own a car, I would definitely encourage you to find a place with off-street parking, or if you can't, acquaint yourself with the lovely ordinance in Manchester of odds evens parking, meaning you need to park on the odd-numbered side of the street on odd days of the month. Yeah, and they won't even give you a warning. You'll just wake up in the morning and your car will be gone. Yep, so there you go. In fact, what I'd recommend is if you're considering a move to New Hampshire at all, you should drop into the Shire Society forums at forum.shiresociety.com. And there are Manchester-specific forums there uh, where some Manchester folk are uh, spending a little bit of time to answer questions, that sort of thing. So that might be a good resource for you. And good luck with the move, Jason. Thanks for the call tonight. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Sexting, is it as dangerous as it is being made out to be? Jason said no. He says it's pretty common. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Are you a liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you? Do you want to advance capitalism, peace, and freedom, but aren't sure how? I'm Amanda Mill, Executive Director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host Happy Hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Talk Live, toll-free number tonight for you to bring up anything you want, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and the features we give away to you there uh, include our Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see them there. And if you're a lady listener, you can become part of the Shrine. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're an outdoors enthusiast, listen up. You know you want to get the name brand items because that's where you get the quality. And you know that you want to get the best prices, well, because everybody wants the best prices, (laughs) especially in this economy. ManVentureOutpost.com has the best prices that I've been able to find, and I think you'll find the same, on knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, whatever it is that you might need, they've got it. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and you can get an additional 5% off of the already low, low, low prices at ManVentureOutpost.com with coupon code FTL. That'll at least cover shipping for you. It's coupon code FTL. ManVentureOutpost.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE. Again, the question I'd asked online uh, on Twitter and Facebook is, is a nude pic you took as a teenager really going to have any effect on your life as an adult? Alexis says, nope, there are so many pictures like that nowadays that none of them really matter. Robert says, it depends. If you end up in a monogamous relationship with someone, the nude pic floating around could hurt your significant other. I'm not sure how, how that is. Yeah, how is that exactly? Oh, you were with someone before you were with me? What? You didn't send me that picture first? <laughs> I remember that level of jealousy when I was in high school. I certainly had that level of jealousy for, you know, the the the, the 
boyfriends that my girlfriend had had previously, but it's a pretty immature way to feel. I don't know if that's what he's talking about or not. I mean, I don't know how that would you know be used, but that's how I felt in high school. Toll-free number again, 855-450-FREE. Since we're talking about ruining somebody's life... Uh, with all this, uh, you know, these adults telling teenagers that if you uh, have a, a nude picture of yourself taken on the internet, that it's going to destroy your life in the future. I don't could, think it's a good idea. Could result in some uh, negative, uh, you know, th- thoughts. Could uh, that could come, you know, could come back to bite you? Spiral out of control into oh. suicidal thoughts. Yes, yes. Here we are. It's suicide. And, and it goes hand-in-hand in hand with bullying as well, I think, because in rereading this article that we were talking about, the Seacoast 14-year-old who posted a, a video he shot of two other minors having sex. He sent it to a friend who sent it to a friend right. who sent it to a friend, and it got to the police. So how, how does this come back in the short term? Ian, you had talked about the short term. Oh, it goes to all your friends, and you're humiliated for however long it takes to it takes to pass, or it follows you in, into the rest of your life. We all mm-hmm. seem to be on it. With a sex offense. Right. Or right, or just, you know, your your circle of friends, if you stay in the same town, they'll always remember you for being the one, you know. So uh, I so remember bullying. the guy who took the video of his next door uh, teenage neighbor when I was in school. Yeah, now this I remember exactly is a full-fledged was. felony. Right. <laughs> right. So, okay. So I came in He's tonight. He's got a family today. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And and so his wife is his wife is okay. I don't think she knows that. I, I, it's it's the kind of thing you shouldn't spread around, right? <laughs> you so shouldn't I, tell the wife that one. Yeah. So I came in tonight. I brought some. Uh, Ian always says, "What do you want to talk about?" But, but even if you did tell the wife, uh, you know, what's the big deal? You were sixteen at the time. You're not the same person you were then. I you have a wife. Don't think. Okay. So here's the first three rules of criminal justice. Um, if you have committed uh, something that might be considered a felony, even if uh, you've you know thought better of it at that sort, sort of the first three rules are deny, deny, deny. Okay, okay. you never, ever, ever admit to a felony. Not That's even if you're telling story. your wife. Never, ever, ever. Not even if it's after the statute of limitations is up. Th- we might be able to talk after the statute of limitations. Now, isn't that like a seven year? I deal? have no idea. Okay, and that's and if you don't know what the statute of limitation is, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> gotcha. So Ian always always asks, "What did you bring for show prep?" What? Yeah. <clears throat> and tonight I walked in and I said I wanted to talk about suicide uh, because suicide is something that has touched my life. Um, over the years, several times, um, most recently this past week, where two people who are, are in my circle of friends committed suicide. Oh, my. Yeah, one's 34, one's 29. And I just want to talk about it. I want to talk about suicide. We've talked on Free Talk Live. I know you guys have done other shows mm-hmm. on de- death with dignity and the gentleman in the UK who could only communicate by blinking who wanted to die. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to bring it in and, and talk to you guys about it and see what people out there had to say about it. Because the the thing with suicide, I think, that affects me the most is that no one wants to talk about it and the stigma mm. that goes along with it. And uh, so there are two funerals I'm going to tomorrow. That's and, terrible. Uh, yeah. And, and it's um, it, one of them um, just you would have never known. You know, never known because he is the most jovial, cracking jokes, sarcastic kind of guy. Who's um, is he, it morbid to ask how? I don't know how, okay. and that's part of it. Is is you, uh, the stigma of it is you can't ask questions, or a family doesn't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and the police reports are sealed or whatever. Yeah, that's it's usually you know died unexpectedly at home. 
that obits never say what happened or how they died or but you you found out it was a suicide so oh yeah yep yeah so i'm distressed by this i mean my high school so, sweetheart committed suicide we had I was split and this was a few years ago does anyone know the reasoning for this i'm sure his family were there notes left uh no okay no, but he had been struggling for at least a couple of weeks, and I'm sure that he had been he had been re- grappling with it for some time. Because this isn't a, this is not in what I've seen. It's never a decision that's taken lightly. There's planning that goes in, into it, and there's there's reasons. The ones that are going to be successful are likely planned. The ones oh, sh- that are unsuccessful are probably not planned. Impulsive. As well. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I, I think. Um, that there's a, a good amount of planning that goes into successful suicides. I don't think it's something. I and I can only speak for myself, of course. But I think if if I were to be at that point, things would have to be really bad. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And I want to talk about it because I it really upsets me that people uh, over the course of my life that have died by suicide, the details are hush hush, and it's um, treated as uh, like a shameful thing. Or they're blamed for being selfish, and I can't, I can't fathom the level of pain that someone would need to be in to end their own life. Nor I. But I think when we talk about death with dignity, I it's it's really a struggle for me. And I listened to the, I believe it was the Saturday show where you guys were talking about the gentleman in the UK, and and I just I, I'm torn. He did end up killing himself, by the way. He did. He starved himself to death. This was the guy who was, uh, you know, so quadriplegic that he could only communicate he could only by, com- right. Right. communicate. By this is the guy who the high court in the UK, who described his life as a living nightmare, yeah. uh, was not allowed. He went all the way up to their, you know, their equivalent of their Supreme Court, and yeah. they beat him back down and said, you have to live. Yeah. He yeah. Th- thought he could make it. I'm surprised there. that they didn't intervene like they did. And what was the case down in Florida with the, the paraplegic oh. woman? Yeah, I know which you, case you know what one about. I'm talking about. I can't Made remember her name. Made all kinds of talk radio news yep. Yep. several years ago. Forced, forced a uh, feeding tube on her. Right, and, and she she wanted to die too. But I, I would really like to talk about this more. We'll come back with that here in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free. And of course, if you have an experience with suicide, uh, someone who you love, perhaps. Uh, whether it was successful or not, you're certainly welcome to comment. Maybe you actually have uh, attempted it. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything you want. You can also talk about what we are talking about, which is suicide. Yeah, I know, not the happiest topic in the world, but one in which uh, needs to be uh, one which needs to be discussed. Yeah, I uh, think it's. I think it deserves some airtime. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the number for you. You can bring up what you want, or if you've got experience in this realm, maybe as somebody who has come close to it, uh, maybe as somebody, whether it's in your own personal life or somebody that you love. 
or maybe you're you know a counselor of some sort who has had a, um, a you know large amount of experience dealing with people that are experiencing the the sensation of wanting to kill themselves or the the thoughts of that uh you're certainly welcome to comment 855-450-FREE and you can join us over at freetalklive.com where you can grab archives going all the way back to late 2006 we've got nearly six full years of archives there you can download at your leisure over at freetalklive.com and if you want to you can easily share them and we'd appreciate it if you would on your facebook or twitter or whatever method you prefer online you can use our uh, soundcloud page to make that easy just go to freetalklive.com look on the left hand side of the page under listen and share for our soundcloud link and then that'll take you to a page with a bunch of archives and just click the share button on the ones that are your favorites bitinstant.com is the way to go about getting your bitcoins if you need to know what a bitcoin is go to weusecoins.org it is a an online currency where you can send and receive money without having to pay any fees and uh, you know frankly i think they're going to change the world in order, price twelve dollars fifty cents. Yeah, that's Bitcoin. about right. And they, you know, for from in my experience, they keep going up. I, you know, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do that tomorrow, but I kind of think they are. Otherwise, I'd have sold mine today, mm. right? So, if you agree with me, then uh, maybe you know the best thing to do is to get some bitcoins. Get some bitcoins every week out of your paycheck. Just uh, you know, you can do a little bit or a lot with BitInstant. It's not that big of a deal. You can just go to BitInstant.com. You can. Uh, they've got more than seven hundred and fifty thousand locations worldwide yep Most i'm gonna the- try the dwala option actually i'm setting up a dwala account i've got one because already, yeah. they will let you at bitinstant.com use dwala and the fee is lower ah so that way not only do i not have to run out to uh you know walmart or cvs but i also save you know i think the fee is like four percent if you're going or 3.99 percent if you're going through cvs uh but on dwala it's like 1.99 percent so it's worth it bing more money in my pocket no doubt uh bitinstant.com the problem there though is with the dwala it's more trackable right because you've got a name on the account whereas if you go to cvs you can just give them whatever name you want to right so there's that factor so that might be worth the extra 2%. It might just. It. Depending on your goals, depending on what you're using the money money for or whatever. But what can they really do? Like if you took all your if you took a bunch of money out of your paycheck and uh, put it into Bitcoin and locked up your wallet nice and tight, they can't get it out. They'd have to prove that you sold the Bitcoins at some point and made a profit and that's capital gains. Yeah, how are they going to do that? I don't know. Uh, it is the it's the government's responsibility to prove income. It's your responsibility as the filer, um, if you do file taxes, to prove deductions. So you know, keep this in mind. The government has to prove your income, and that means if somebody you know files a ten ninety nine or a W two W four, whatever these government papers are, you know that's proof that you've got the uh, the the income, but. If there's no proof that you got the income, there's no proof you got the income. 855-450-FREE. Uh, we'll continue here. we got Dave on the line listening in Ohio. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Dave in Ohio, going once. Yes. Hey, Hello. Dave. You're on the air. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes when people uh, are doing the suicide thing, it's not because they're uh, in despair or because they have pain or anything else like that. Um, I actually did this about, oh, 30, 35 years ago. Um, I had been married, and um, my wife walked out one night and would not even speak to me. I had no idea why. And over the next few days, it kind of got to me, and I had 
no idea of which way to go. So the only way that it seemed like I should go was, you know, uh, not screw up society anymore, not be part of that society that had been uh, essentially putting me down. However, it was one of the most important things that ever happened in my life. Why? Because it got me to thinking about different ways of approaching society. What do you mean? Well, instead of going through the standard channels, um, I'd already kind of gone towards pagan religion, and I'm still there, and that was just reinforced because the religions that I had grown up with um, did not provide any kind of any counseling at all except to say, don't do it. Mm. Right. This is yeah. a bad thing. Right. You know. Um, and it God was about won't that love time you if you commit also, suicide. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, you can't get to heaven or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I uh, became at this time uh, an anarchist, essentially. It was the only way that I could see where I would have to go my own way. I was not concerned with what anybody else did. But at this point, I had to go my own way. So it was a very important uh, event in my life. Very important. I bet. You know, I think what uh, what that what's you know people in general, I guess society, if you want to use such a term, uh, the reason they have such a difficulty with um, uh, suicide is because they just don't understand. It's a little dog. That is a little dog. <laughs> they just don't understand. Yeah, so I've got some yappers here. I am. I'm glad, and they're probably making you very happy. Um, you know, they just don't understand. They, uh, I, I don't know. I cannot imagine what it's like to be at that point where one's thinking about taking one's life. I can't even fathom it. And so what I think that other people come to the conclusion is how do we stop people from doing this thing that we don't understand? Well, let's tell them that they'll go to hell if they do. We'll pass a law. I mean, there's there's really no way to force somebody who wants to commit suicide to do anything. There's a, the saying in uh, this uh, comic book called Ronin that uh, came out in the 80s. If you intend to die, you can do anything. Mm. And it's a, really a true statement. If you intend to die, you, have nothing to lose. you can do anything. Right. Yep. Hey, thanks for sharing your story, Dave. I really appreciate hearing from you tonight. Sure. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So uh, what brought this about, Nemi, was that a couple of uh, friends of yours apparently had uh, taken their lives actually in, the in last a relatively week. recent amount yeah. of time. Uh, they didn't know each other, right? No. So this was just separate, but uh, they both happened to know you. Of course, yeah. it's a small town in which we live. And uh, this is pretty pretty frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating and it's shocking and it's sad and it makes me angry. It makes me very angry. That they did it or? no. No, not that they did it, because I I don't think I could ever stand in judgment of someone who I personally lack the intestinal fortitude to kill myself. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I can fathom the level of pain. I can fathom the level of hopelessness. I can fathom all of that. But I just personally don't have the spine to do it. So to stand in judgment of anyone is um, it's not my place. But what I'm angry about is that I, I didn't know. And I'm angry that any opportunity there is to intervene. You didn't is, know that they gone. were suicidal. You no, mean. correct. Yeah. How many people do? I mean, obviously, there are some people who would talk about suicide because they want attention. They don't actually want to kill themselves. They just want people to pay attention to them. And that is just 
I mean, you know, that's really tough for an individual. If, you know, I, I've got to say I've had, uh, you know, had an ex-girlfriend that uh, did this kind of behavior, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm going to kill myself. Well, what am I supposed to do about that? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, am, am I now supposed to live my life for you? To make, or take responsibility for them. Yeah. Right. I mean, to, to make, I, have, I must do things to make that person happy now. So, uh, you know, and, and forget what wants, what, what I want to do. Obviously, I want to do something that doesn't make them happy if they're willing to kill themselves over it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a way to control others at the same time. So, how many people who kill themselves, who successfully go through with a suicide, whether it's the attempt is successful or not, but who actually go through the attempt? How many of them had indicators in advance? How many of them, you know, most put, do, but, but it's, do it's a matter of who. It? It's a matter up? of who sees it because yeah. I did not see it with right. my friends, and I feel that that is a failure uh, to some degree on my part. That doesn't mean that you failed. It just may mean that they didn't show anybody. Like you know, a lot of people would be surprised. Like you said, you're surprised that this happened. You said yeah. the guy was jovial. Yep. Very uh, much so. One of, one of the two. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. You share your thoughts and bring up what you want. Free talk live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, toll-free number, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Just head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that you send in three bucks a month to Free Talk Live or five, ten, twenty-five, whatever you want. Uh, You send in a certain amount uh, that you think is appropriate, and Free Talk Live will take that money in and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more internet listeners on board as well. So go to freetalklive.com or Specifically, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for the AMP program, learn more about it there, uh, and get the perks too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. amp.freetalklive.com. We can, of course, take your calls about absolutely anything we've been discussing, suicide. And uh, we can come back to that here in a moment. We've got Randy on the line in Louisiana. Randy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nemi and Mark. Uh, I've never heard your show before. I was I was calling in about a, that Reading show earlier, but you're talking about suicide. Uh, yeah, my father he committed suicide, but he was aided with cancer, mm. and oh, wow. uh, it, it, it was kind of justified, I guess. But uh, I'd say so. He didn't want he he didn't want to be a burden on anybody. Right, right. Did he sort of prepare for it? Was your family prepared for it? No, I, it, it was like, you know, he kept that to himself, and uh, he, he's a, I, when I look at it, he's a better man than me. I don't know if I could do it, I, you know, I, and I, I mean, I can't, I can't, sure can't uh, make that judgment call. Yeah. 
But uh, he did what was best for him, I believe. You know, I mean, he he was suffering. Well, right. I mean, maybe once you were uh, in a, if you were ever in a similar situation, and hope you're not. Hopefully, you're not. But uh, at that point, maybe yeah. you will be able to visualize it and uh, and consider it. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it never comes to that. Same right. here. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, he, he, like I say, he, you know, I, he was getting right with God before he did it. I know that. You know, I, but he, like I say, he kept it to himself, and. Uh, and and I just you know really I I wasn't that surprised that he would, that he would do it I guess but uh, well as you said he was doing I, I it as in his opinion for the best of everyone around him and Mark you had suggested earlier that this could be uh, that suicide some people see it as a selfish act but I don't see how anyone could see that I don't as, I, you know to me that's just act. picking the time of your death which is at that point inevitable thanks Randy uh, you I know, appreciate the, the call the, you know it's come about and um, all you're doing is really it's an empowering act at that point because you're deciding you know how you're going to die you know how much suffering you're going to take in this world and you know you're prepared now if it affects the life insurance policy or something like that then I'd think twice about it but uh, you know I think the guy sounds like he had a chance to prepare for his family and that's really all you can do he's gonna die anyway we're all gonna die so are we all unless uh, transhumanism uh, is successful in our lifetimes wherein we would combine ourselves with uh, the robots essentially we're a ways off from that and I think you have to forever. operate today as though you're going to not make it yeah you're not gonna make it I mean it the trans the transhumanism is an interesting thought and it's interesting to think that um, you know humans might be able to live much longer lifespans, maybe with the help. I'd of say it's inevitable. Robotics or something like that. It could be. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've heard, I've heard arguments against it. I don't think any of them hold up. But you I know. don't want to live forever. Do you? Uh, I'd like to be able to pick the time of my passing, and I huh. I wouldn't pick it anytime soon. Okay. Um, but I think that this is why religion sells, and I think that this is why suicide is so antithetical and why people find it such a difficulty internalizing it. Why? Because people, the vast majority of people, want to live much longer than they are currently living, including the old people who are going to die soon. People want to continue to live. They want to continue to be young. And what really bothers people is, is when young people decide to end their lives because it's like, wow, what a waste. You know, what a waste of that life. I would have really liked to have that extra time that that person has. And then they took it and they threw it away. Now, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, you know, every person in the world, nobody can give me an extra day out of their life. They can't do it. So, you know, to be jealous of somebody giving up their life really doesn't make any sense. Whatever they're dealing with is what they're dealing with. And there was a time in my life when Things that I didn't understand made me angry Mm. or they would upset me in some way. Now I'm much better off when it comes to things that I don't understand. I don't let them bother me, but I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand why somebody would take their own life. I think you you speak well to more of what what makes me angry about not not these two especially, but in reflecting on how I felt um, previously. It's just that it's a lost opportunity. It's like if, if, if something had happened, things could change, uh, not necessarily in all cases. Um, but if something could have changed, I, I, I wish they had exhausted all options mm-hmm. before you know making the final decision. But well, and um, things will change, and that's generally whatever 
bad time you're going through, you're going to get out of it. I mean, if anybody in this room has had a difficult time, Mark, you went to prison for nine years. I went so. to prison for nine years. and Did you ever consider suicide before that? No. Before prison or during prison? Before, before prison? Yeah. I didn't know because that was, it was a twenty-seven year sentence, was it not? It was a twenty-five year sentence. Twenty-five year. Um, I didn't know I was going to prison. When, you know, the day, but the day Until that it court. happened. I see. Um, the, no, the day I was arrested, uh, my court was shortly thereafter. Gotcha. But um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any idea, and I, I never, when I was there, considered suicide either while in while in prison but i did have conversations with people there was a guy who we did some time with who got out and committed suicide oh wow and we totally couldn't understand because not only uh, there's the double jealousy in that uh, the circumstance not only is a young person uh, ending their life and that doesn't make any sense to to people who don't want to end their lives but a free person has ended their lives and that doesn't make any sense to a convict yeah. especially a free person who was just recently a convict like they just don't get it and i think that this is what causes all the upset and confusion around suicide um is is just people don't get it they don't understand and they're upset and and i think it too it's it's uh, not everyone can empathize with the the feeling like you said earlier of uh, you don't want to die any sooner than you need to you know not everybody empathizes with that clearly i mean yeah I've probably lost 20, 25 friends to suicide Jeez. in my life. And Jeez. I don't think I've lost any, I think, I except think, for this one guy that in prison, I guess, I was the only one I could think of. At I this think point. I heard a rumor about somebody I knew in high school who killed himself in college, but I didn't consider him a friend. So, gosh, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. <laughs> kiss of death, baby. That's me. Exactly. How many of these people did you kiss? Uh, none of them. Okay. Thanks. Except for the boyfriends. Except for the boyfriends. Yeah. That's right. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you should have been a little more free-flowing with the kisses. Huh? Really? Yeah. I should have been more friendly. That's, that's what, what it could have been. I'll, I'll give that a shot, Ian. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I did. I don't mean to make light of your your situation. No, I think um, it's it's good to to talk about it, and I think it's important to talk about it because Mark and I were talking about something during the break, and I th- I'd like to get back to this. One of my um, one of my very dear friends is a veterinarian, and you know, p- people take care of very good care of their pets, but she, you know, puts animals down all, all the time. It's yeah. part of her job. It's what she does, but. Uh, it, there just seems to there seems to be a disconnect between your household pet who you treat as a member of your family yeah. and someone else who is in need of medical attention of some some sort or another and you know the there's such a a disconnect for me in my brain between you want to end your animal's suffering so you put them down mm-hmm. and if but you it, want grandpa to live for uh, forever you're going to keep him on machines you're going to yeah. pump him full of drugs you're going to make him carry a colostomy bag around for the rest sick. of his life I, I think there's something sick about it i think there's got to be some sort of dignity in death i don't want to yeah. see 20 25 year olds 29 year olds dying because I, I, I that just to me there's something I, I again i don't think all of his options were exhausted before he he went to that, but the gentleman in the UK that we keep talking about sounds to me like he did exhaust right. all his options until finally he just had to starve himself to death, and that is just heartbreaking to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, there's no compassion there. Whatever's going on is mental, um, and, and I'm not saying it's crazy, but it would be crazy by my standards. Um, you know, whatever it's it's a hopelessness in their minds is all I can assume, and I can't judge it. 
I just don't understand it. And there used to be a time when I would totally make a judgment based on something I didn't understand, but I can't do it anymore. I don't know what they're going through, and I don't know what they see. I, can, I can't even fathom because right. I would never a, make that decision. And without a note, you'll never know. So eight five five. Yeah, you're just left with questions. Right. Eight five five four fifty three. What went wrong? Even with 1-8- a note, the the whatever their explanation is is never going to seem good enough to me. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Got uh, some political news on the way that's pretty exciting, actually. Politics normally not very exciting, but Mark, you're going to share something with us. Eight five five four fifty free. Hour three's next. You take control. Free talk live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we share with you. You can uh, get them for free, unlike those other talk show hosts. They want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours, we give it away, freetalklive.com. And that includes all of the archives, by the way. They go back for years. Uh, plus, you get to control the content of the site itself by voting on up, vote it up, vote it down, whatever item you see there that you like or dislike. Uh, you can actually submit items to the site as well. It's a social bookmarking feature. Uh, so see it for yourself over at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, of course, we'll take your calls about anything for those of you just tuning in. We've been talking uh, talking about a topic that is, uh, well, it's pretty depressing. It's uh, suicide. And what brought it up was, uh, Nemi, you had a couple of longtime friends, apparently, out of nowhere, as it likely happens for a lo- for most people. I as it seems for yeah, most people, I yeah. I don't think most people see it coming. Uh, you know, they might notice that their friend is, uh, is a little down and out or whatever, but most people don't really... You know, since you're not thinking of suicidal thoughts yourself on a regular basis, you don't tend to project that uh, to others, I don't think. And or so if you tends- are, you're probably a little preoccupied with your own stuff. Right. So it, it tends to be a surprise, I think, for a lot of folks when this uh, when this happens. And uh, so we're going to go to the phones to continue the discussion. Kelvin is on the line in Colorado on the amp lines. Hey, Kelvin. Hey. Hey, hey Jimmy, Kelvin. Uh, Ian and Mark. Welcome, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, I'm... Uh, I don't know. I guess this is mostly directed to you. Uh, I've had a, a two good friends commit suicide, and mm. uh, we have a, uh, a small group of uh, guys that known each other since, uh, like, junior high school. Did, did you and see we, it coming? No, not okay. not in the slightest bit. Either yep. either one of them. But the the first one, uh, the, the the feeling that uh, we friends shared amongst our among ourselves was uh, 
you know, there was a lot of anger there about, you know, why, why did this guy not, you know, ask for some kind of help? We were, uh, you know, would, would have been there for him and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and that all affects us deeply. And we all had our own, you know, you come to some conclusions after that. And several years later, uh, another one of these guys uh, committed suicide too, and I was much closer to this guy. Uh, he is a uh, libertarian-minded person and a, uh, in fact, a, a prepper-slash-survivalist kind of guy. Uh, very rational. Uh, if, if I was going to bet who the last person on Earth that would ever possibly kill themselves, mm. it would have been this guy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and he never told anybody about it. He didn't ask for help. Uh, and and uh, we were all... Uh, really mad about it, and you know, after thinking about this for a while, uh, I started to wonder what could or should I have done about it anyway. Uh, also, I'm I'm like a thousand miles away from where he lives <laughs> too. But but even if I had been there, but if you if you have someone that's a libertarian and you respect their judgment and their rights, uh, ownership of their body and and life. And you know that they made, you know, this isn't that kind of guy that just flies off at the handle and does something. He he reasoned through stuff, tries to figure out every possible option. And he thought about else. this for he, a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Was well, there yeah, any he, explanation? Was there any? Uh, well, note? There, yes, uh, he had an extreme amount of uh, emotional pain uh, over an extended period of time, having to do with the uh, situation with his who became his ex-spouse and yeah. his kids and then a new relationship he was getting into and then that fell totally apart and he hit, you know, this... You, you, once you hit the sense of uh, hopelessness uh, and, and it's like truly to the core of your being that it's hopeless, then... And there's just nothing but pain and pain and pain and if you don't have religious uh, things preventing you from doing it... Uh, you know, I think it could be a rational choice to do that. Uh, now, I know that goes against all, you know, it's like by definition, if you want to kill yourself, then you're mentally ill. That's not <laughs> but, true. Uh, yeah, that's not true necessarily. Yeah. No, I don't I don't believe it's true either, but I'm just saying by, by that's the conventional wisdom. Yeah. If you talk to any doctors or whatever, uh, that's what they'll tell you. But, you know, here's the part that that uh, I came out of this with that, that was really useful. Is I think that he... Uh, he made the decision, and and he had been through this experience with the the friend before who had killed himself, and all the you know the guilt that the survivors feel and everything else. And he he did it the way he did, and not didn't tell anybody about it. I believe to actually in part to spare us the guilt, because then we wouldn't have had to wrestle with you know what what should we have done what. But you know, what should we have done differently? Him. So what did right. he do? Because we should we have interfered with this guy's, uh, you know, his sovereignty, and you know, forcibly tried to drag him down to the emergency room and all this, and you know, and like I said, this isn't just somebody that's acting on a whim. This is someone that's thought this out thoroughly, you know. And other than having discussions and trying to talk him out of it, uh, which also we were all going to get together in about six weeks. So I don't know. I really wish he could have held off until then, and then we could have had a, 
you know, serious discussion with all of this. Mark had asked the question what uh, what the method was. Yeah, well, what was you know what did he do in order to spare you this uh, this grief? Well, why not uh, you know run around going? I feel like I'm going to kill myself. I see. You know, blah blah blah. Then we were spared the you know. Well, gee, what should I have done? Because if this guy wanted to kill himself, he would do it. You know, it didn't matter what anybody else yeah. did or thought or whatever. And so we would have run around, you know, trying to figure out what, what should we do? Mm-hmm. Should we, you know, do this, that, or nothing, or talk to him or whatever? And then in the end, when we failed, then, you know, we failed. Right. Whereas this way, we, you know, we didn't even know. We didn't have a chance. We, all, the only thing we but you were still beating yourself being up over. Re- yeah. Not being able to read his mind or something. And, but but it, so at first, it was, I was still beating myself, and the rest of my friends were beating themselves about it. And then, you know, we spent long hours talking about all this stuff. And that was sort of the conclusion we came to was that actually he, he thought about all of this, have it, knowing how it, how it goes to have a friend kill themselves and decided this was, was the best way to, to do it. Yeah. Uh, he decided to do it. He did it. He didn't uh, threaten or thrash or whatever. And I, I think it's that interesting that you said that you were mad, that you and your friends were mad about this. Why? Well, because we were a, a very tight knit group, we had made you know plans about what we would do under various uh, situations uh, that might befall the country, and uh, you know situations we would help each other out no matter what. You know, if we had to go rob a bank to pay for some peace operation or whatever, you know, we would have done this stuff for each other. And to have this happen, and him not, you know, not to ask for the help that we would have gladly given. Just you know, really, really pissed us off. Yeah. And plus, plus, um, there's the the selfish part of it. It's like, okay, now he's gone, and we don't get to have his input and his company and share right. our our lives all together. And you know, and he and he did this to us. You know, that's coming from the selfish point of view. Yeah. But when that's... you step back and and realize what what horrible pain he must have been in, right? It had to have been. Did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's and, it's it's natural and uh, and not surprising at all that people would uh, you know feel slighted when you take away the um, the opportunity they have to interact with someone that they love, and that's you know that's that. I mean, Ian, you know, you and I have a deal here, and if you decide to uh, to commit suicide, I, you know, what's that do to me and Free well, right. Talk Live? In that and case, stuff? you'd have a reason to be mad because I was essentially walking out on a deal. But if you're everybody's just, walking out on a deal, man. But I mean, if you're just all relationships, with, if you're just friends with somebody, then I'm glad, Kelvin, you came to the conclusion that uh, there wasn't anything to be mad about. That obviously he made this choice very deliberately, and uh, it was the right choice for him. I thank you for the call tonight. More coming up, 855-453, Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state, and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers, too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring us anything you want, toll free, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find on the site for free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone, you can go to M, as in mobile, .freetalklive.com to access uh, the mobile site, which will allow you quick, easy access to our live streams in broadband, midband, and narrowband flavors, different size bit rates for different size internet connections, and they're all free, of course, over at M, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. You want the best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime? You've got to get together with other people that think like you. Uh, in fact, I was on the air with uh, John Bush this morning in Austin, Texas, and I posted that to our SoundCloud profile, by the way, so folks can uh, can listen to that if they were not able to hear it in Austin. And uh, we were talking about the idea of concentrating activism, and it makes sense. Not only does it make sense, it works. Uh, we've seen real crystal clear examples of how it works. One of them just recently with the uh, gentleman who was was acquitted of growing marijuana felony uh, marijuana manufacturing charges, as they call them. As if you could manufacture a plant. Yep. Uh, he was acquitted by a jury of his so-called peers because there was a lady on that jury who was from the Free State Project. I meant to ask about this. Was that a um, found not guilty or was it a hung jury? Straight up not guilty. Wow. Yeah. All 12 of them voted for not guilty. She, they changed. There, there yeah, was I'll a bet split. they did. There was a split between uh, the sides and the jury, and everybody ended up going with nullification on that. And it had to do with point number one, the fact that the judge read a very clear statement about jury nullification to the jury. One that was so clear, I was shocked. I did not understand why a judge would do something like this, because it seems like normally they are the enemies of justice and uh, that they you know, want to keep the ideas of jury nullification obscure for people. But this judge made it crystal clear to the jury exactly what they had the power to do, was, and that helped empower them to do that. Was this a different reading than the one we heard at Damo's trial? Very different. Yeah, because this is um, my understanding is the jury nullifi- the new jury nullification law in New Hampshire isn't actually in effect until the first of the year. That's correct. So it was this the new new no. instruction? This no. is completely different. The jury nullification law that was passed, uh, which was helped pass by a bunch of Free State Project participants here, uh, that law is very obscure in how it reads. It's very confusing in the language, which is why I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, because I felt like it just wasn't going to clear anything up for a jury. But the way this judge uh, specified what jury nullification was about... uh, There's no mistaking it. It was awesome. I was blown away by it, and I would recommend that anybody who has a trial in New Hampshire or anywhere, for that matter, take the language that the judge used and submit it as uh, as a jury instruction to whatever judge uh, they're facing. So, uh, so, but the reason that became possible in the first place was because of the jury nullification bill, like it or not. Uh, you know, it wasn't perfect in my opinion, but it's something, and nobody else has anything like that anywhere right. uh, across this whole country. So, you've got the jury nullification bill, step one. Step two, you have, a, comp, uh, you have a, a bunch of activists here, people who love the ideas of liberty and who are willing to do something about it. One of them, a lady who's uh, probably in her late 50s, early 60s, uh, she gets on uh, a jury because she doesn't look like uh, those young punks out in Keene. She's, you know, a respectable older uh, lady and they just mature. Right. There was no question about uh, putting her on a jury. 
So she made it on there and managed to also help the jury understand the ideas of jury nullification while they were back in the deliberation uh, chambers. So, hey, by the way, uh, Kathleen, very articulate and yeah. uh, you know, and so I, nice and and, so nice. and convincing. So I don't doubt that uh, you know this man's life, this man's at least a portion of his life was saved by this incident. Yeah, and but also from a larger perspective, he was saved because of the Free State Project. I'd agree. And this is just the beginning of the Free State Project. It's only just getting started. And we've got uh, other successes as well. Mark, you were going to mention there's been a political win already. I guess the, the election hasn't happened yet, but what's going on? Well, um, actually, I remember I told you I had to, uh, you know, uh, check my computer. I had to redo that, so I didn't pull it up. Oh, I'm, that I'm was like an hour sorry. ago. I, I apologize. Uh, yeah, it's it's my fault because I didn't uh, pull well, it up. Well, then tell us about it in a little bit. As well, I understand, it right there was a political win of some sort. Right. Uh, the the Goff Town Six. Nine Republicans. This is from uh, nhfreedom.wordpress.com. Uh, Nine Republicans ran for a Republican nomination to the New Hampshire House in Goffstown on September 11th. Six of the Republican candidates were pro-liberty candidates, and six of the candidates were labeled pro-liberty by the New Hampshire Freedom. Um, Even the controversial— By New Hampshire Freedom? New Hampshire Freedom is the name of the blog. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, And even the controversial Speaker of the House of New Hampshire House endorsed six of the candidates. The Republican Liberty Caucus only endorsed four of the candidates. The New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance endorsed five. However, the New Hampshire Freedom knew the inside story. This is the blog here, so they're they're puffing themselves up a little bit. The blog labeled all six candidates pro-liberty. Oddly enough, the New Hampshire Speaker of the House went so far as to personally endorse the six candidates as he went on the guest at Gerard at Large. That's a Goffstown mm-hmm. radio show. So you're saying that the other three Republican candidates were anti-liberty, kind of typical Republicans. Typical, yeah. And they did not win? That's correct. As for the three Republicans who lost the primary, uh, sorry for your loss, but please educate yourselves on the yeah. principles of freedom and prosperity for all. Good riddance even the to famous, bad rubbish. Yeah, even the famous local liberal uh, Henry David Thoreau said that government is best, which governs the least. But this just means they won a primary. I mean, that doesn't mean that uh, they're going to win but they're in general. In, uh, a win is a win, I think. Agreed. And this is Goffstown, and you know, this is a surrounding area of Manchester. This is a Republican stronghold. It's likely that the majority of these people will make I it see. in uh, but you know, Good to know it's you got you've got success all over the map here uh, and but, if you want it to happen uh, you want it to happen in a larger form get here and get active i'd like to point out one last thing about this mark warden the uh, winner of the new hampshire liberty alliance's uh, liberty rep of the year the porcupine and, real estate and por- agent porcupine realtor what is it porcupine, porcupine real-, real estate agent.com agent. Uh, nope, it's uh, Porcupine. Oh God, I think it's real estate. Mark, it's you should real know this. Estate. He's your client. It's realestate.com. Um, yeah, Porcupine Real Estate. Because they changed it from Porcupine Realtor. Right, that's why we're confused. For a long time, he had a jingle that uh, was PorcupineRealtor.com, and it's been banged into our heads. And and then the realtors went after him with a lawsuit because I guess you can't use the word realtor without permission or something from ridiculous. Someone, yeah. So anyway, um, the, of the people, okay, so he got. 2100 votes the next closest was was about 1100 so he won big time yeah like he you know, just He's great blew through I mean, it. he really is good at this uh, rep thing he let's is. go to the phones here by the way freestateproject.org go there learn more there's 101 reasons to move to new hampshire somebody i've been trying to convince to move up here mark stevens is on the line calling from phoenix <laughs> hey mark hey guys hey what's on your mind tonight uh, well, I just want to let you guys know that uh, we had been speaking about this on my show 
uh, for the last few weeks. Uh, Mike in Idaho is being prosecuted for uh, four counts, uh, two misdemeanor of willful failure to file, uh, oh. and two felony counts of tax evasion in the Coeur d'Alene District Court. And after 27 witnesses and a 10-year investigation, the jury hung on the tax evasion charge. I want you to tell me more if you can. Stick, uh, stick with us, Mark. We'll bring you back here in a moment. Mark Stevens, the author of Adventures in Legal Land, is with us. And we'll talk more about this uh, tax situation because I know a lot of people would like to stop paying taxes, but uh, they just can't bring themselves to find the courage to do it. Maybe this story will, will help. We'll see what happens here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Talk live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website and head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. Uh, freetalklive.com, and we give you the features, including the webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact. The chat room built into the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. So there's a great new Bitcoin site out there. If you don't know what Bitcoins are, go to weusecoins.org. It's called blockchain.info. And blockchain.info is an online Bitcoin wallet. They also have great apps for the Android and uh, jailbroken iPhones. And thanks to fancy encryption techniques, blockchain never has access to your money. And this is it's been a problem up till now, the online Bitcoin wallets, because... Well, you know, there's been instances where they've been hacked and, uh, you know, unscrupulous people have had them and stolen folks' money and that kind of thing. So blockchain.info apparently does the encryption inside the web browser and they never have access to your uh, – and I guess you can go there and check out their encryption and find these things out. I'm not the kind of person that can be able to tell uh, what these uh, what, what this stuff says, but, um, you know, somebody, somebody that I know that can uh, look at this encryption kind of thing and say – you know, with some level of certainty that they that uh, your money's safer with blockchain.info than it is with uh, any other Bitcoin online Bitcoin wallet. Claimed that to me today, and you know, I, I can only take their word for it. They um, they they don't even know how much money you have uh, that you're sending or receiving with blockchain with a blockchain wallet. You can even send bitcoins via email or to your Facebook friends or to anybody's cell phone number. They don't need to have a bitcoin wallet for you to send them money. And this is a great service. They offer all this for free. You can get your free bitcoin wallet today at blockchain.info. All right, let's continue here. We've got Mark Stevens on the line. He is the author of Adventures in Legal Land, a book uh, which I'm a I'm a fan of, and I understand that uh, you are putting the finishing touches on a new book, Mark. I'd love to hear more about that if you get a chance, but it wasn't the reason you called tonight. Uh, you called to tell us about a tax case, somebody that you know has uh, been aggressed against by the bureaucrats, and it ended up going to court. Tell me uh, the story. 
and yeah, he's Mike's a client that I've been working with for a few weeks now, and it, it, it the, the culmination of a ten-year investigation by the IRS and the U.S. Attorney's Office. Wow. They had a, a trial for tax evasion and willful failure to file. And so last Monday he started the trial, and they had forty witnesses on their list. But after Mike uh, was just, he basically you know had them not allow any investigation into two essential elements of the, of the alleged crime, which was the applicability of the U.S. Code itself, and that Mike believed he was obligated to pay taxes and, and, and didn't do that and didn't file the return. Every time they put a witness on the stand, he objected. The judge arbitrary, you know, just uh, denied it without explanation. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to cross-examine each witness, the judge uh, sustained the objection that he could not ask questions or investigate any any uh, anything that the witness may or may not have had as far as evidence the code was applicable. So he was able to show 27 out of 27 witnesses that had no evidence to two essential elements of the crime. And I think that's why the uh, prosecution cut their losses and decided not to call the other 13 witnesses. Because the I'm confused. Can you happened. run that by me one more time? How did he... Uh, yeah, didn't the, the judge just make it impossible for him to ask questions? I, and, but right, how was he able to show that they didn't have um, you know elements, that they weren't able, they didn't have evidence as to elements of the crime? Well, for, for example, when they called the witness initially, he would object on relevance that the witness had no no testimony to I offer see. that went to the – so he would say the, the witness has no facts to show that the code was applicable and that I believe that I owe taxes and didn't pay and that I had an obligation to file a return and didn't. Now, those are essential elements of the crime, and the witnesses had no testimony to offer for that, so they're not relevant. And then when it got time for cross-examination – uh, he would go into the same thing and ask him, do you have any facts to show that the U.S. code is applicable to me? And the U.S. attorney would object, and the judge would sustain it. So no no questioning whatsoever on three essential elements of the crime. So he wasn't uh, allowed to actually get an answer to those questions, is what you're saying. Right. Exactly. Cross-examination was completely denied on those elements of the crime. Hmm. So how was he able to hang the jury um, if uh, the judge wasn't let him wouldn't let him I mean, ask the court, these questions? The court was stacked. This was a kangaroo court. Well, they all are. Right? I mean, the vast majority of them are. Well, and that's something we took advantage of. I wrote the voir dire questions, which is the you know voir dire is when you question the jury to you know see if they're going to you know you're going to have a fair and impartial jury. And I wrote them in, in such a way that I knew it inflamed the judge of prosecution. So the judge compl- almost completely denied voir dire which in and of itself is an automatic reversible error. That, so you know, we were able to bait the judge into committing an error we know will get, should get it reversed on appeal, because uh, at least but, you know, the two convictions on the misdemeanors. Yeah, and that's what you know. This is really what all you can hope to do in one of these uh, in one of these low level courts. The fact is, is that you know they're all looking for convictions, and it all seems like it's stacked against you. I'm sure that there's some instances where it's not, but that's what it seems like. And you just need to set it up for the appeal. And uh, so he did get convicted on uh, what? Which charges? Well, he got convicted on the two misdemeanor willful failure to file charges, but he was they hung the jury was hung on the two felonies, the serious ones, the tax mm-hmm. evasion ones. So, what's the difference? I mean, willful failure to file isn't that a year in jail? How much time is he facing tax evasion? <laughs> well, it has to do with the difference, but I think the deeper thing that Ian may be referencing is you know what's the difference between not filing return and not paying the tax. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's not rational for them to convict him on willful failure to file if they believed he was required to file or he believed he was required to file and didn't, as opposed to not convicting him on 
not paying the tax. It's true. It, 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 that it make doesn't any sense. make any sense. Mm. And I, I speculate it's because they realized how bad of a, uh, of a case the prosecution had that they literally, I mean, they had no evidence whatsoever. And so just probably out of fear because they were all forced to be, and he made it clear in the closing argument that the jury was forced to be there on the threat of jail just as much as he was. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that fear, that psychological pressure that the jury has, they figured that, well, we can't let the guy go completely. Yep. So we'll, we'll get him on the minor stuff and he probably should be able to get that overturned on appeal. No problem. I mean, he was denied a full deer and, my gosh, there was no ev- I mean, there was no evidence. So there were only two counts of willful failure. Did he uh, not file only for two years, or what? Why was there only two counts in a ten-year investigation? I that was just the only two years they were investigated. They I may see. be investigating him for other years, but that's not something I'm aware of. Gotcha. And how long has this been working? Like, when did he finally? Uh, when did he get the notice? The uh, the first threat from them, uh, as compared to when it actually ended up going to trial. It, it, he got the first knock on his door by CID, or the Criminal Investigation Division, in 2003. He didn't actually get indicted until about a year ago. Wow. So it, this is a, yeah, they were, well, they wanted to call, they had 40 witnesses on their witness list. That, that's a, that's a pretty big, that's a big order. And they were calling people in from the East Coast. They spent a lot of money on witnesses. Was this guy a businessman? I mean, what was he, why did they target him, do you think? Just I think they were targeting him because one, yeah, he was a businessman making a lot of money, mm-hmm. and he, you know, it, they were trying to, you know, he wasn't filing, and I guess he was vocal about it, and uh, they wanted to make an example and maybe shake up all the people he was doing business and use him as an example. Because yeah. what they told me today, what they, what he said was that the the prosecutor was was pretty upset and was threatening to retry him uh, in a few months. Which he can do because it was a hung jury, and the only way that you can't get a re, uh, retry is if he just decides to not do What's it. What's the prosecutor think he's going? I mean, does he think that the guy's case is going to be different? I mean, at this point, these just better you get a different jury. I mean, if you besmirch the yeah. uh, the the, he, the witnesses, yeah, you get a different jury. But the fact remains that the prosecution. This is what's so you know fascinating about this. The prosecutor herself has openly stated on at least twenty seven of her witnesses so far that none of them have any testimony or facts to go prove the applicability of the code and that he believed that there was a legitimate obligation. So the 27 witnesses she already has are not relevant to the prosecution. It doesn't, you know, so that's not going to change if they do refile. So I believe he's got significant grounds to stop her from refiling. Or if they do refile, that we have significant grounds to throw out any any future indictment. Mark Stevens, can you stick with us a little bit? I want to hear about your new book. All right, great. Hang on, because I heard him mention it the other day on his show. He hosts his own show, The No State Project. MarkStevens.net is his website, M-A-R-C-Stevens.net, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and you can take control of the airwaves in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time, perhaps, for your call. If you get on right now at 855-450-FREE, 
1-855-450-3733. But if you don't get to your phone tonight in time to get on, well, that's okay. We do it seven nights a week. You can join us, any old one of them that you'd like, and call in anytime you want about whatever's on your mind. Here with you in the studio, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. 855-450-FREE. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, then you can help support Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to find a list of things you can do to help get Free Talk Live to more ears around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. Back to Mark Stevens, the host of the No State Project and also author of Adventures in Legal Land, uh, which is a book that uh, I've, I've enjoyed reading uh, more than once. And I've, we've talked to you over the years a number of times, Mark, about various different issues regarding the, uh, the legal system and uh, its you know, ridiculous system. And I think the book uh, that you – Adventures in Legal Land is a real eye-opener for folks it's it's something that you know if you especially if you haven't really come across the ideas of uh, of liberty before is going to be a real shocker but even if you have i think the perspective that it offers about what this legal system is and that is essentially a, a cover for the violence that is being committed by the people calling themselves the state and, uh, and a brilliant cover at that they do a pretty good you know pretty effective job at uh, covering up that what they do but uh you, you've been working on another book uh, i guess for the last few years what's what's the the intention there well, it's it's government indicted. Uh, the, the the name hasn't changed, uh, it, but it, yes, it's it's in the final stages. And uh, I was wanting to have it, of course, for Libertopia in a few weeks. But that the best we can do is have that be the subject of my talk. But it will be within a month or so. It will I will have uh, the the paperback available and the ebook. Cool. And you said it it's going to be called government indicted. I'm sorry. Government indicted is what it's going to be called. Yeah, it's, it's government indicted. So it's the concept of government itself that's, that uh, is the subject of well, a formal, basically a formal indictment. So, if uh, one went to Libertopia, what would one and how would one go to Libertopia? How uh, what would one expect to hear? Well, I'm going to be going through the basic premise of the book and that how the concept of government is is really it, it's past its time. People are seeing through the fiction that. Just because you call yourself the government, it's okay to lie, steal, kill, and, and cage people, basically enslave them. And I go through the psychological elements, which I, I have done before, but a lot more depth, really explain why would a juror vote to convict somebody when they know full well there's no evidence. So, you know, there's a lot of social pressure and psychological pressure that explains why people are doing that. And I actually use that as the basis uh, to get a lot of voir dire questions denied by the judge. You know, you know, bringing all these psychological elements that do affect a, a potential juror's impartiality. There are psychological reasons in this scientific studies that show that most people, they cannot be fair and impartial in a, in a tax situation because most people are, are benefiting from the tax system itself. And that's mm. going to cloud their judgment. Yeah, that's a really great point is, uh, I mean, even if even if you're just talking about people that work for the government, people that uh, receive some kind of government benefit or some people that work for a company that works for the government, huge amount of people, that's a lot. Those are people that uh, benefit from the tax system. You're going even further if you say somebody who drives on the roads and, uh, you know, uses bridges and and things that uh, government has established themselves as a monopoly on. Yeah, I've had people say that, you know, whatever they feel about the government, they're thankful because it was Medicaid and it paid for their heart surgery. I, I, 
how are you going to convince this individual if you're on the jury? They're mm-hmm. all tainted to a, a certain degree. And, and how many people have not had unemployment or don't believe that they're, you know, that they're, you know, that they, you know, at one time they need something like that? How many people have an FHA or Fannie Mae mortgage? Right. And uh, it's not very likely you're going to get an anarchist or uh, somebody like that on your jury because they're probably not registered to vote or uh, have a driver's license right. or something like that. Right. So what I've done is, and it'll be in the book, is I I can't even speak. I've I've uh, purposely put in questions that I know are going to generate an emotional response from the prosecutor and the judge, so that they, I can get them to deny a voir dire completely. So what is a voir dire for people who don't know? The voir dire is where you're you're questioning the jury and to see if they can be fair and impartial. So one of the questions is, are do you harbor any bias or prejudice against me because this lawyer with the black robe forced you on a threat of jail to be here today. Yeah, that's going to go well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we know that psychologically it's provable that it's going to have an impact on them. And so what I do is I I ask them, look, if you want to know the dread and the reason why people pay taxes, it's not because they believe that they're obligated to, but it's because of fear. And if you want to feel that fear, you as a juror stand up and walk out of here right now. And what you do is you generate that dread in them, and you anchor that to every time you start talking about paying taxes so that you can actually show that you cannot, you, me, no one can form the requisite mental capacity necessary to have a legitimate conviction for willful failure to file because everybody files out of fear. Well, I don't think that's true. I think that there are a couple people out there, maybe a handful of them, that really do like taxes. They really do love the system, and they— The ones that actually pay them, too? Yeah, like they pay—right. They pay taxes and love the idea of taxes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those people do exist. I mean, I've done tax— There's no shortage of mentally ill in the world. Right. I've done uh, (laughs) anti-tax, you know, activism. Remember, Mark, when uh, back in Sarasota, I would wave a sign out in front of the uh, the post office for a whole day, like a whole business day on tax day? Honk if you don't like taxes. Honk if you hate taxes. And uh, every now and then, somebody, you know, somebody would stop— uh, they, you know, they'd pull up in their Lexus as they were coming out to uh, from paying their taxes, and they'd yell something out their window about how they love taxes and it pays for society, and they're happy to pay their taxes, and they they would pay more if they could or something like that. <laughs> they so can. There, there's a handful of folks that are doing it uh, not out of fear, but I think you're right that most people are, are afraid. Well, the the bottom line that, that that because there is always a threat of jail attached to it, whatever their subjective view is at that moment, I don't think is really relevant. It comes down to you pay or you go to jail. So they may tell you to your face, but if you were to ask them, why are why not just stop? Well, because they you love know, the system. Gonna, uh, well, they may say that. Yeah. But what it comes down to is you can, you know, a rape victim can say they enjoyed it. It doesn't take away from the fact that it was still done on a threat of force. I don't know. I I tend to believe them uh, because there are just some people who are so inculcated. You can't argue sanity with mad, with a a mad person. So (laughs) um, there's no reason to to say that. You can say nine out of ten or something like that. I'll give you that. You know, the vast majority of people are paying taxes because they're being threatened if they don't pay taxes. And right. Even if you bring up to this person that loves taxes, if you bring up to them you know, some programs they might disagree with, let's say uh, they don't like the war, for instance, you could bring that up. But they'll still go ahead and keep paying taxes because, in their mind, taxes are the price we pay for a civilized society. These are things they've said. So oh, yeah, they, sure. they, this is how they – perhaps how they justify uh, you know, being raped by the system after the fact. But they have fully justified it, and they truly do believe it. 
they may truly believe. There may be a handful out there. I would yep. say nine out of ten, but there sure may be a, a handful. Oh, of, no, one out of ten uh, is like that. Nine out of ten are afraid. Uh, I, th- I think yeah. nine out of ten are doing it out of fear. One out of ten are maybe doing it because they truly believe that it's for the good of society. They could be that deluded. So yeah, I, yeah, and I don't think that you know, with a little bit of time, that you couldn't convince nine out of ten out of that one out of ten that they in fact are deluded on this topic. But why, when you can still point to those other nine out of ten that, well, that are being forced? And for all we know, the one out of ten actually are government workers in the first place, which would explain their bias. Uh, right. Which, taxes. in my opinion, they should shouldn't even get a vote. Hey, Mark, uh, well, website, markstevens.net, M-A-R-C-Stevens.net. Uh, that's where they can hook up with you. Folks can listen to your radio program. And whenever the book is available for pre-order, pre-order I imagine uh, it will be available on your site? Yes, and, I, and we should have Mike on the show this weekend if people want to hear more details about the show. And on my website, we do have posted, you know, the podcast posted uh, when we spoke with Mike a few days ago. So we have a lot more details on uh, what was happening during the trial. Hey, Mark, I just want to uh, point th- out, you can, you can see how effective it is to challenge the applicability of the code as opposed to the interpretation of the code, because they have no evidence whatsoever. So, by the way, just a related story here. Uh, we had this in the news tonight. We were going to talk about it briefly, and we're short on time, but I just want to throw it out there for you in case you hadn't heard about it. Did you hear about the LOL case? No. So, uh, no, lady, lady convicted for drunk driving uh, Facebooked, my dumb got a DUI and hit a car, LOL. She updates her Facebook with this. The uh, posting disturbed the people in the car that she had hit and the judge so much that the woman was ordered by the court to shut down her Facebook page. She ignored the judge's order to shut down her Facebook page and then was sentenced to two days in jail on a contempt charge. So apparently judges believe that they can uh, control your Facebook page now. Apparently they can. Well, yeah, well, if they, they believe they can do what, really whatever they want. So it really isn't out of the question to yep. shut down a Facebook. And all of the evidence points that they can do whatever they want to. Although when they threatened uh, us at freekeen.com and demanded that we change our content, uh, we refused. And they didn't make a move at that point. So good for her for saying no. She paid the price for it, but good for her for standing here. I'm going to keep my Facebook. Yep. Hey, Mark, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. It's Change Your Words, Change Your Life, a daily minute program to help you understand the power of every word you speak. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. You will never be able to change what you talk about if you don't change your thoughts. We are thinking most of the time, of course, and those private thoughts are known as self-talk. We actually talk to ourselves far more than we talk to anyone else. Throughout the day, our thoughts determine our level of joy just as surely as our words do. So I'd like you to take a few minutes right now and inventory just what you've been thinking or self-talking about so far today. Our self-talk affects not only our joy level, but also our peace and even our physical energy. Don't forget that we can eat the words that we speak. So let's at least be wise enough not to keep eating poison and thinking it won't harm us. For Change Your Words, Change Your Life, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information and insight on how you can change your words and change your life, please visit Joyce Meyer, spelled M-E-Y-E-R, dot O-R-G. The words we speak can affect our lives in positive and negative ways. In her new book, Change Your Words, Change Your Life, best-selling author and internationally acclaimed teacher Joyce Meyer examines the power of words that convey our thoughts and emotions. She discusses how our words can increase or decrease our level of joy. 
and how they can have a positive or negative effect on our future. Change Your Words, Change Your Life, the latest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold.